stop. Lust is the essential first stage of love. Man, I disagree with that. And here's why. You're now listening to the No Pills Podcast, your best resource for cultivating meaningful, healthy, long-lasting, romantic relationships that bloom into strong marriages. My name is Gordon McGee, speaker and evangelist for Go Stand and Preach, and I'm sitting down with my Bible, people like yourself, and relationship professionals to discuss what are the best practices to obtain and maintain, you guessed it, love, in this modern dating marketplace. I promise you that taking a blue or a red pill is not the answer. Welcome to No Pills. Welcome to No Pills. Love fully scripted. Mm-hmm. Love versus lust. How do you know if you're in love or if you're just in lust? How do you know if you're in a loving relationship or if it's just a lusting? How do you know if he loves you or if he's just lusting after you? How do you know if she loves you or if she's just lusting after you? This is the modern world that we're living in. So we want to tackle that question today on our podcast. I know there's one that is circulating around the world and the internet um, amongst old and young alike. And, you know, sometimes even older people think they have it figured out, but they don't. They're still having unsuccessful relationships just like younger people. So I would assume that most people in this modern generation would just hop online and may type in the question, what is love versus lust? So they could decipher and discern if they are in love or if they're just dealing with lust. And so that's what I did. This is from psych to go I, I don't know these folks. I'm not familiar with their, their, their work. Let's roll the tape. Let's roll the footage. Lust has a reputation for being the flame we jump into. Think of Fifty Shades of Grey or your classic bad boy or bad girl who's all games in danger with no strings attached. But according to leading love expert Dr. Helen Fisher, lust is the essential first stage of love. Stop. Lust is the essential first stage of love? Man, I disagree with that. And here's why. You know... Our, our foundational principle here is that we're asking the manufacturer of love to tell us how to run and maintain and operate our, mar- our marriages and our love lives. That manufacturer is God. That owner's manual is the Bible. And I think we right here at the onset of this video, we don't know what lust is. I'm going over to Webster's Dictionary, okay? Uh, 1828 version because this one supports the King James Bible. It's a Webster's Dictionary, all right? And I want to just start with how I've always understood or as I've learned to understand what what does lust actually mean, okay? Um, it's not positive. Concupiscence, cardinal appetite, unlawful desire of cardinal pleasure. Let me repeat that. Unlawful desire of cardinal pleasure. This, does, this should not be where love starts. <laughs> we... We should not be starting an unlawful desire of carnal pleasure. Evil propensity, depraved affections, and desires. What? All right, we're not talking about vigor, active power. No, 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 no. To desire eagerly, too long, with after. Okay. Uh, Then it goes to have carnal desire, to desire eagerly the gratification of carnal appetite, the flesh, not the mind, not the heart, the flesh. Attraction 
is not lust. Being attracted to someone and having attraction is not lust. Look at Proverbs 6 verse 25. It says, lust not after her beauty in thine heart or in thy mind. The, the manufacturer is telling you, the manufacturer of love, the manufacturer of relationships is saying to you, do not lust after her beauty in your mind. You can be attracted to her. Amen. You can be attracted to him, but do not lust because once you start down this lust path, there's disaster right around the corner. Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. And to, to, to lust after a woman in your heart is to commit adultery with her in your mind. That's sex outside of your marriage. To have irregular or inordinate desires. That's excessive desires. I've never heard of this before. That we're taking the word lust and saying that it's step one on your way to love. I, I'm standing with the scriptures on this. I disagree. But let's keep watching the video uh, from the professionals out here. Without the desire of wanting someone first, we cannot experience intimacy. So how do we know if we're still stuck in the initial stage of attraction or ready to transition into something more meaningful and long lasting? See right there, they, they use the word attraction like synonymously with lust. Uh, no, unlawful, <laughs> attraction, lawful. Here are six key differences between lust versus love. One, lust is driven by physical connection, but love comes from emotional connection. It all comes down to our brain. Which areas are being activated when you hang out with your partner? Research shows that lust lights up the regions associated with reward and motivation, whereas love stimulates the areas that help you empathize. Lust happens when you and your partner don't have much to talk about, but have great sex. This is common for two people who haven't been dating for too long. You should not be having sex if you're not married. It's going to keep it a buck with you. This is why I'm here, friends, to help you to have improved love life in marriages. No sex outside of marriage. I said it. There it is. I know. I know we've fallen victim. I know we've, we got, we've, we've, we've been caught up in our lust and our fornications. But if you want to have a good, healthy relationship, no sex before marriage. I'm telling take it or leave it. I'm telling you what it is, man. Keep... But love, on the other hand, happens when you appreciate your partner for more than just their looks and can spend meaningful time with them. This is what ultimately forms the start of a deep and serious relationship. So why would you ever want to begin that with lust? You can't like that makes no sense, right? That's just how I'm thinking. Maybe hopefully I'm not overanalyzing this, but lust is not step one. It shouldn't even be. It's not even a step in the process of love, ideally speaking. Doing it per the owner's manual. Two, over time, love grows stronger, whereas lust becomes weaker. Psychologist and sex therapist Shannon Chavez states that as attachment and bonding grow over time, so does love. But lust is more temporary and fades when sexual desire fades away. If a relationship is based solely on lust, there is inevitably no foundation to fall in love with each other. Lust feels like an exciting roller coaster, but can only be sustained by physical pleasure. And this is one of the key reasons that you don't want to have the foundation be on sexual intercourse, because now once that's removed or that goes away and that's all you have going on, then it's like, well, what's this? What do we have going on here now? Yeah, this is not a building block. When the real work kicks in, the dynamic either transitions into love or the relationship begins to fall apart. Three, lust is based on fantasies. Love, however, operates on the ground of reality. There it is. Love operates in 
Reality. I like that. Yes, I like that. Have you ever looked back on past relationships and wondered how on earth you two got together? I don't know about you, but I sure do. Imagination can come in handy when life gets mundane, but more often than not, it's like a double-edged sword. When you like the idea of someone more than who's actually in front of you, it can cause you to miss a lot of red flags. And you know what's gonna, that's gonna magnify that and influence that and feed that false reality, that imagination, if you have sex with them before you're married, right? So now you begin to exchange all these hormones and, and, and the oxytocin and everything else is going on in your brain. And now you're, you're formulating this connection where now it's fighting against reality. So now you're invested in this person physically and there's, a, there's like a, a physical commitment there. And now when you do see red flags, it's like, well, I don't know if it's that bad. I've, I've already given myself to them. We're already connected. So now you can't, even if you can't, your, your rationality is gone. Like you, you can say, man, I need to get out of this thing. This is not good. I can't, ooh, but we're bond, but you, like you're, like you're pair bonded already. Don't do it, young people. Don't do it. Don't do it, young people. I'm speaking from experience. Don't do it. Relationship experts state that there is only so much time before reality sets in and makes you realize that your partner has faults just like you and that your expectations were unfair. 4. In lust, you're romantic partners, but in love, you're lifelong friends. Psychiatrist Judith Orloff discovered that people in lust are just lovers, but true love is built on the foundation of a strong friendship. Again, I'm challenging this idea that lust is a part of the equation. Like, you want to go from friendship to lovers, friendship to married, not lust. Friendship may be then like if you can't formulate a friendship with a person, then it definitely shouldn't turn sexual. Right. It, it, if you can't have a friendship with a person, then you definitely should not marry them. You need to be friends first. Amen. I'm going to say it. Amen. Sure. Two people can agree to be in a relationship, go on fun dates, and even meet each other's family. But if they lack compromise, communicate poorly, and fail to understand each other, the prospect of having a future together is very low. 5. Lust is all about thrill-seeking, whereas love is the pursuit of stability. Researchers have looked at MRI scans of people in lust and found that their brains look similar when an addict gets a fix of cocaine. Get off the dopamine, man. You know, people out here drinking, literally on cocaine, on ecstasy, on drugs, and pair bonding, and having sex with people, getting intimate, and it's like you're already doped up just on the lust alone. Then that it's like it's like a false, it's like fake love. It's like the, 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 the dopamine hit, the cocaine-like effects, being on drugs, alcohol. It's like, it's like a, 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 a simulated love, right? It's just lust being amplified. And now you're thinking you're in love. It's like, nah, man, you just hide up. You just on that drug, man. You just on that drug. That's all you got going on. This ain't love. You on that drug. Oh, we're touching and kissing and we're hugging and we're, oh, this feels so good. Yeah, you on that drug. You're not on love. You on that lust drug, man. Talking to you. Sounds intense, right? But that's why infatuation is not likely to last as long as love. The drug effects wear off when you can no longer satiate your sexual desires. Whereas lust is about instant gratification, love is the relentless search for stability. This is a good point that's being brought up. 
you get married to somebody, you're married five years, six years, 10 years, and they get ill. You're not able to have intercourse with them anymore. You're not able to have sex anymore. They get in a car crash. The face gets all scarred up. They lose some of their beauty. What are you going to do? Leave them now? They're sick and now you're going to leave them? People do this, man. Praying for you. That's wicked. People do this, right? So love cannot be based upon the physical appearance, right? It cannot be based upon sexual intercourse because that could potentially go away and you're still bound together in the eyes of God and per your own commitment you've made to that person that you would be with them until death do you part. Be careful. Six, lust is selfish, but love comes from a selfless place. Preach! Lust is selfish. Lust is selfish. When you love someone, you focus more on helping them reach their goals and care about their health and well-being. Lust, on the other hand, is all about your own wants, like boosting your ego when you're next to your attractive partner or simply fulfilling your sexual desires. In order to move from the initial stage of lust to love, you must determine whether you could see yourself doing favors or making sacrifices for your partner. Again, I am submitting to you, lust is not the initial stage. Attraction is. Holy attraction. Wholesome attraction. Not lust. Do you think you're in lust or in love? Okay, so I'm an outlier. As many of you know, if you have tuned into the podcast before, I was married for almost 20 years. I lost my wife almost three years ago to cancer, and she was 37 years old. But we were together almost 20 years. And our relationship started in lust. It was not wholesome. It was fornication. It was not holy. And by the grace of God, by the grace of God, we got on the same page spiritually, emotionally. We were compatible. And that grew into a marriage. That is not what normally customarily happens to folks, man. You end up in a cycle in life of fornication, being empty, and you never find your spouse. So, yes, some individuals, I am one of them, that you can go from lust into a marriage. But we did so because we got on the same page spiritually, right? We, 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 we changed our lives. We were on the same life path. And I think that catapulted us and drove us to the place of marriage. I think a lot of other people out there who are in that lust arena, stage, phase, you won't escape that, man. You'll be trapped there until you start to value yourself and carry yourself in such a way that you know that it's godly per the owner's manual. All right. Now, I want to give you a, 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 a man, a, a real world situation, OK, of what lust looks like. And we're going to find it in the Bible, in the account of Amnon and Tamar. This is this is going to blow your mind. This is so wild. All right. For all my uh, Bible nerds out there, it's in Second Samuel, chapter 13. All right. Second Samuel, chapter 13. For all my Bible nerds out there. Amnon and Tamar. This story is crazy. All right. If you want to know if you're dealing with love or with lust, pay attention. All right. So it came to pass that after this, that Ab- Absalom, he's the son of David. He had a sister, a fair sister. She was beautiful. She was attractive, whose name was Tamar. All right. She was a dime piece. OK. And Amnon, the son of David, just like our half brother, loved her. He loved her. Pay attention. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. What type of love makes you vexed and you fall sick? Man, that's 
that's basic instinct. That's stalkerish. That's that's infatuation. That's lust. That's not love. Love does not make you vexed and make you fall sick. Just keep going. Uh, his he fell for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But then Amnon had a friend, okay, a wicked friend who was subtle, who was the serpent, who was speaking for Satan, that gave Amnon a plan how to get his sister Tamar alone that he might force himself upon her. So he told him, hey, lay down and play sick. And then ask your father, David, to send in your sister Tamar to feed you and nurse you and take care of you and then lay with her. What kind of wicked nonsense? And of course, this fool, Amnon, followed his friend's advice. Young people, don't be following your wicked friend's advice. There's always a friend. There's always a wicked friend. Learn something here. So Amnon laid down and made himself sick and the plan was unfurled, as you might imagine. Okay. Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the chamber. Ah, getting her alone that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. The fact that a double application here can be made for the cakes is out of control in my mind. Okay. All right. This is not the cakes that Amnon was worried about. He wasn't worried about the food. He was worried about a different set of cakes. God have mercy. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, come lie with me, my sister. And she answered, no, nay, my brother, do not force me for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whether will I, shall I cause my shame to go? I'll, what am I going to, you're going to deflower me in this wicked, perverse way. And what am I going to do with myself? This is like my principal value as a woman in Israel, my virginity. And you're going to take that from me and leave me a, a shameful woman. And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. It's going to mess you up too. Now, therefore, I pray thee. She's trying to reason with him. Speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. She's willing to marry him. She's willing to do it right. Go ask my hand in marriage. Do it the right way. I'm on board with that plan, but I'm not on board with you forcing yourself on me. But remember, he was in love, right? Hmm. Howbeit he would not hearken into her voice. Oh, but being stronger than she forced her and lay with her. God have mercy. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. Wait a minute. That love turned into hate as soon as he fulfilled his cardinal fleshly desire, as soon as he had sex with her, then he hated her. Ladies, pay attention. L listener, pay attention. As soon as he laid with her, he no longer loved her, but hated her. And the hatred was stronger and greater than the love wherewith he loved her before. So he said, this is lust, friends. This is lust in action. This is what lust looks like. It doesn't listen to reason. It's not patient. It won't wait. It's selfish. It needs it right now. She said unto him, there is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other. Then forcing yourself upon me that thou didst unto me, but he would not hearken unto her. All right. You've already had sex with me before we're married. At least now marry me. So I don't sit here deflowered and, and he now get away from me. No, I'm not going to marry you because I really didn't love you. Let me repeat that because some of you, I didn't hear what I said. No, I'm not going to marry you because I really don't love you. Yeah, I'll have sex with you. 
Yeah, I'll lay with you, but I don't love you to marry you. You're just a physical, sexual object to me. I'm just using you, right, to reach to climax. I don't love you. Because if I loved you, I would have waited. I would have asked your hand in marriage from your father. I would have done it the right way. But I'm in my lust. But we're going to call it love. That's what the world does. We don't know the difference between lust and attraction. This is what I'm saying, friends. All right, so what, what is love? I'm going to give you the purest definition of love right now. This is equipping you. We're giving you the right tools from the owner's manual so you can be out here navigating this, this modern dating landscape of hills and valleys and treacherous slopes and steeps and precipices and everything else so that you can be equipped to be able to discern love versus lust. I mean, if you didn't get it from the story of Amnon and Tamar, I don't know. What, but now, what is love? Let's read it. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, for all my Bible heads out there, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love suffers long. What? Love is patient. Amnon was not patient. And is kind. Oh, Amnon was not kind. Oh, lust is not kind. Lust is not patient. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Lust seeks its own. It doesn't care that it's going to deflower a woman. Doesn't care if it's going to bring shame. I don't care about you. I'm done. I'm good. It was, oh, maybe it wasn't what I thought it was going to be because in my imagination, I made it something that it wasn't. But now that I've had you, I don't want you anymore. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Lust thinks evil. This is what I'm saying. Lust is evil thinking. Right. It's debased evil thinking It's not built in in the law of God. It's, it's unholy. It's unlawful. It thinks no evil. True love thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity. It does not. It does not rejoice in lawlessness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. One more time. Love suffers long in its kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Are you in love? Or are you in lust? I'm Gordon McGee. This is No Pills. And I'm signing off. This is Love Fully Scripted. Ah!